May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hey everyone, I'm Joe Grapes. I'm one of the pastors here at Central City Church and I'm excited to have you join us for our daily readings. It's Wednesday, April 8th, and our daily reading today is going to be focused on Holy Wednesday of Holy Week, and it comes to us by Baron Miller. Before we get to that, just a reminder, if you're willing to share with us a little bit of what Jesus means to you, um, what role has Jesus played in your life uh, recently or or maybe a more significant moment that you're willing to share. We're looking to put together a video for Easter, just a quick 30-second uh, video of uh, Jesus is my, and fill in the blank, my healer, my teacher, my guide. Uh, send those videos to joe at centralcity.co, and we look forward to getting those. All right, here is our daily reading. This is Baron Miller, and today's daily reading comes from Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 5, and verses 14 through 25. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. And then over at verse 14. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. All right, I've got a bunch of thoughts around this story. And I'll kind of just go in order um, with where it begins and kind of where it, where it ends up. And, and the first thing I notice is Jesus' initial statement to the disciples. Let's have a Passover together, and then I'm going to be crucified. And I thought of their joy of getting to celebrate the Passover, possibly a third one in a row with, with Jesus. And then the sober and somber 
reminder that Jesus is going to be crucified and how they their their joy is mingled with pain you know their their happiness is veiled with with sorrow and I think about times like today you know a week or so ago my wife and I and my whole family actually um, we watched a wedding ceremony on Facebook live because a young couple couldn't have all the friends and the family and and all the guests to celebrate in fullness with them. So they had to use this mediated presence and um, get married with about three or four witnesses and in a living room, and that was it. And at the end of the day, the job got done, but boy, it wasn't as it could have been, right? There was a little, there was a little sadness mingled in there. And I think of the funerals that are not able to occur in times like now people not being able to either corporately grieve or corporately celebrate the life of, of someone who is deceased because of you know the restrictions in place for all of us. And it's not just in America, it's around the world. There's good things out there that we're not able to fully um, experience because of some sadness, because of some sorrow, because of the restriction. And I think that's kind of where the disciples were coming into Holy Week. They were anticipating something great and joyful, but they knew that there would be some, some sadness. And then, of course, the next thing we see in the scripture is the conspiracy behind the scenes, right? The, the high priest knowing um, that their intent is to kill Jesus, but they have to wait a little bit to be smart about it. Then in verse 14, we, uh, the conspiracy picks up with Judas, right? And we see that he's, he's uh, doing his stuff behind the scenes, trying to facilitate his own um, immediate wealth and, and the, the turning over of Jesus. And then we arrive at the, the festival. And Jesus is in the upper room, and he feasts with his disciples, and he's reclining at the couch, and then he drops another bomb, a bombshell that says, one of you is going to betray me. They already know in the back of their mind that crucifixion is inevitable. But now he says, someone's going to betray me. And I think about how, how I handle bad news. How do I handle um, being told something that I don't like to hear? And, and like, the, like the disciples, they want relief from that. And so they pursue Jesus. It's not me, Rabbi. It's, it's not me, is it? Surely it's not me. They want some reassurance. They want some comfort in the midst of uh, the negativity. And it doesn't say how he addresses each of them. He just kind of lets them sit with that feeling. And I think sometimes we want our Savior to come in and say, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Even in the beginning, in, in, when Jesus says, we're going to celebrate the Passover and I'm going to be crucified, and the disciples were sad, um, he doesn't say, oh, don't, don't be sad, don't be sad, I got a fix for it. Guys, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Let me rebuke you really quick and tell you, I'm going to resurrect, the church is going to happen, uh, holy wind is going to occur, and Pentecost and tongues of fire, it, it's all going to be okay. He doesn't do that. He lets them 
fully sit in the human emotion of being told something bad, being told something that they don't fully understand um, is part of a really divine plan to save all of humanity. They don't get it. Um, and he doesn't try and make it go away. He just lets them be. And how, how many times in life have we said, God, make it go away. Hurry up. I want an answer, right? You have an argument with somebody. And if you're anything like me, I want to be the fixer. I don't want the, uh, intense fellowship as it were to continue in a relationship. I want to hurry up and make things right. I want reconciliation. I want it fast. I want it now. And Jesus doesn't do that with these disciples. He lets them sit with this weighty, weighty news. And then we, we get a little more insight into how divine the conspiracy actually is. That Jesus is, is not only aware of what had been going on with Judas and others behind the scenes, but he fully allows it. And he says a little more when he says, the one who's dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. And then Judas, of course, says, surely it's not I, Rabbi. And Jesus says, no, it, it's as you say it is, it is so. And I think of what happens when God puts a mirror in front of us. What it's like when he, who is an absolute fan of us, shows us who we really are. And, and we have that reflecting back to us. I think it's, it's just maybe why in the Old Testament, everybody who encountered the absolute presence and holiness of God fell prostrate and they couldn't look because it's just, they can't possibly imagine their sinful self in light of such a perfect God. That's how I feel when, when the Lord reminds me moment by moment where I'm failing sometimes or I'm saying something and I have some conviction or I'm feeling like a hypocrite where the weight of my sin is ever before me and I think, oh boy, I've really gotten this wrong. But there's some encouragement. <clears throat> and I think there's a lot of encouragement with this story, but, but one thing that I want to leave us with is that as much as Judas is an enemy of the tribe here, he's betraying not only the 11 other disciples, the entire movement that had been gaining momentum, but he's also betraying Jesus himself. Jesus still sits and eats with Judas. Jesus knows who Judas is. He knows how wicked he is. He knows the sin that Judas has succumbed to, and yet he still eats with him. He shares a meal with him, not just off the same plate, but literally sharing in the same bowl at the same time. In Luke chapter 15, we read that Jesus tells a trilogy of, of parables, lost sheep, lost coin, and of course, the, the really famous one, lost son. And that chapter begins with the Pharisees criticizing Jesus, and they say this about him. They say, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And I think of Judas, and I think, of course, Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them. If Jesus did it then in Luke 15, 
and he does it here in Matthew 26, then surely he still welcomes sinners like me and like you at his table. Pastor Joe uh, led us in communion this Sunday, and I think we're going to have an opportunity to do it again this Sunday, and I encourage you to be mindful that you, like me, like all of us, are sinners, that Jesus invites to a table and to sup with him. And so that's my hope and my prayer for you today in the midst of this story is that, um, that you take peace and find a little bit of calm in the midst of some of the, uh, the bitterness that is mingling with the sweet out in the world. And that you be reminded that Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them. God bless you. Have a great day. Friends, thanks for joining us for our daily reading. You can find the readings and more by going to centralcity.co slash readings. Now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.